Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. His name is Scott Ganner, and he is CEO of Freedom uh, Street Partners, a practice that supports financial advisors in their next career step and helps them explore all available paths to succeed to secure a fulfilling future. After after 15 years practicing on an, on an employee platform, Scott founded Freedom Street and took it from $0 to $2 billion in assets under management in just five years. Scott is co-founder of uh, the Chesapeake uh, Virginia Wine Festival, and he enjoys traveling the country with his wife to watch their two sons play soccer. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, those bios are, are always such a small representation of who we are as humans. Um, but I, I, I almost wish it started in the back and, and it went, I'm the father of two great boys and a husband uh, to a wonderful wife of almost 20 years. Uh, and, and then all the other stuff that happens in between has been really great and fun as well. Well, as I've always said, do you live to work or do you work to live? Which of those two do you do? And I think people should answer the one appropriately, but unfortunately, it's usually they live to work. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's an easy trap to get into, especially when you start to love what you do, because it's hard to love many, many things. And so if you truly fall in love with the work you do and the output, and, you know, if you're helping people in general, there's a real adrenaline rush and positive energy that you're pulling from that. And so it can pull you away from the everyday things. And I think that's uh, establishing a rich life is something I spend a lot of time talking about and identifying what that means to someone. What does freedom actually mean to you? is an important question in, in, in our journey. And I think it usually uh, starts with life and not with work. Yeah. And I, I, I think that word freedom is a difficult word in this day and age, you know, with trucker convoys, putting the word freedom on them and uh, people using that word in, in various states that, I think freedom is a word that has to be a very individual statement. It has to be something that a person has to define themselves. And it has to also be defined in such a way that it doesn't harm others as well. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the challenge with freedom is that most of our freedoms came from things that were challenging at the time that allow us to be able to do the very things that we do to think freely, to speak freely, to all these things. And we live in a beautiful world where we can talk across country lines and state lines and have ideas that are unique. And it is an individual thing. And I think that uh, that it's very beautiful to identify what provides you your life's freedom. And um, when I when I look at that, 
it's just a matter of identifying what really gives you the space to feel free. What are you, what are you doing in your life that gives you the energy that doesn't take it away? You know, what lights you up when you, when you talk about it, when you think about it, you know, there's so many ways to look at it, but you know, it's, it's a question and it's why we wrote the book. You know, I wrote the book freedom street all about these freedoms and identifying what's most important in living a rich life in living a legacy and then owning your future because of the fact that you actually um, can do that. If you understand those other aspects. Yeah. And, and I think that's where, where you have come to a very good concept about it. You've come to a happy place about the word freedom. You've come into a, an understanding of that word that it's, it's something that empowers people rather than disempowers them. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I think, um, you know, personal freedom and personal choice. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Victor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning. And when everything was stripped away from him, uh, I don't know if you've read the book, but it's one of my all time favorites. And, and when everything was stripped away from him, he still figured and found that there was that one split moment that he had in his life that he could choose how he received information coming into him because he couldn't choose anything else, but ultimately he still chooses the way he thinks. And um, it's pretty powerful. Freedom can be stripped down to the very, very basics, but you control it. And I think that's a, that's a pretty awesome thing. I read another book on a person that was like Victor Frankl, a person that was a prisoner in one of these terrible prison camps. And, and he would joke with one of his friends every day saying, you know, that guard, I knew him when he was the bank president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so we could find humor in certain ways that, that free us from situations that are very bad as well. Absolutely. 100%. So I, I think that's the good thing. And in your business, what, what do you try to do for your clients? So it's funny because we started off talking about how, how life is more important than work. And um, in, in the tagline, our, our tagline is life. I'm going to point to the wrong side, life, wealth, optimization, and life comes first in everything that you do. So in our, in our business, it doesn't matter if I was in my private practice business or if I, you know, currently we have just under 50 advisors across seven states here in, in, in the states. And, um, we manage, uh, just under $3 billion of clients money. The, the reality is everything we do begins and ends with life. And if we do it right and we identify what money, how money fits into the life plan, how, how money is a part of it, but not the only part of it. That is a key component. And I think that starts with understanding the human that sits across from you on that table, that desk or that couch. You know, when we're when we're uh, talking to somebody, I've really made it my life's work to have connection, to understand and empathize with the person across from me, to understand what's really important to them. And when you can do that, you know, it's easy to chart a plan or a course to help them succeed. Yeah, well, that's huge. And I think you're coming up with some understanding there. So how did you get interested in this field, Scott? How did you 
naturally latch on to this because this is your passion. This is something you love to do. So how did you get to the place that you are now? Yeah, you know, um, I actually came out of college and was going to go into uh, criminal justice. I, I went to work for the attorney general's office for the state of Virginia and was in crime prevention um, and really enjoyed it. But I was in a position that was essentially appointed. And when my guy didn't win the governor's race, I didn't have a job. And so I had the luxury of searching for myself very early at about 22, 23 years old after thought thinking I had found a great path, something I really loved. The, the common theme and everything I love doing and, and I'm passionate about is helping people. And so I was helping people in a different way. It was financial frauds and identity theft and and different paths in in uh, in that early part of my of my life. And I was on the phone with one of my um, one of my aunts. My mom is one of seven and I am very close. I'm the oldest grandchild on my mom's side of the family um, and uh, in an Italian Catholic family. And so when you're uh, when you're born like that, you are you are it's a very young family at that time. And I'm the first of the next generation. And so most of my most of my aunts were actually teenagers or younger. And so uh, I happened to pick up the phone and call one of my uh, one of my closest aunts. And and I was complaining like most 20 something year olds do about how I didn't know what I was going to be when I grew up. And she said, I think you'd be really good in this field. She was working in an office part time for a financial advisor, and I didn't really know anything about the field. And so uh, I put in an application and had very limited knowledge. And I just started learning. I started studying. I started reading. I got hired um, and I never stopped learning and reading. And what I learned was all of the things that I had learned in my life up to that point were a great start at building and developing something in this career because everything began and end with relationships. And I was from a big family where service was really important, where you took care of someone that came into your home, where, you know, in a big family, you pay a close attention to everything and everyone that's around you because you got to wait for your moment to actually talk or speak or be a part of it. And so these, this relationship building opportunity was something that is what all business is about. And so the passion for the actual industry, I also didn't grow up with a whole lot. And so, you know, truthfully, I had one of my dad's friends in here this morning. We were helping him with the golf tournament that he's doing. And he had come to pick my brain because I've run a couple of, of uh, good size events. We have a wine festival we run with about 8,000 people. I founded it just under 13 years ago. And, um, and we were talking about how Friday and Saturday nights, my my fam, my mom and dad and and him and his wife, who we call uncle and aunt, um, would come over every weekend and they would pull together their food and they'd say, hey, what do you have at your house? What do you have at your house? And one had pork chops and one had had some uh, sides and, you know, and they'd come over and they would share. And so growing up in a way that um, you had to really define your path and bringing those two worlds together. So money is something that can provide some level of freedom. And um, it's not the, it's not the only thing that could provide freedom, but it's definitely provides choices. And so I saw the relationship building, the ability to find a connection with something that I was passionate about and a way out from not 
being able to afford much of anything as a nice common ground to start to build a career. Yeah, that, that sounds like a wonderful place to come from. You know, uh, when, when you live the path that you eventually come up to, it's something that you really start enjoying and something that you really have found a way to make it work for you. And, and you know, I, I was a cosmetic doctor, but I came from very simple background and simple times. So when you talk about that path, that you were on. I know it well. I, I know how hard it is to grow up in a time when you don't have enough food or you don't have enough things to get from point A to point B. And you, you end up uh, appreciating things that much more. You end up appreciating the little things that you have because they really are that much more meaningful to you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. My parents sent me to Catholic school and um, and they not only did they sacrifice because obviously public school is free, um, but other people, because of financial aid, also helped us to be able to go to those schools. And so, you know, to that very point, I, I actually send my children and have sent them to Catholic school. But we're also the people nowadays that are helping to donate to the school so other families can go at the school my kids go to about 48% of the kids that are in that school go on financial aid. And I take great pride in helping that next generation have that leg up where there's a little bit of extra attention. There's a little bit of, uh, of, of, a, of a different way of learning, maybe a smaller classroom size, little things that my parents sacrificed, you know, and so where sometimes you don't have a lot of money, you have a lot of other things and the other things are what make you a great human. And so when you turn out to be someone that's successful, money wasn't a part of that equation to get you there. It was the hard work. It was the drive. It was the out of the box thinking. It was watching your parents sacrifice accountability. You know, these are all the things that help make us who we are. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And that's where I, I think partly you had the freedom to experience those things and the freedom to go down the path that you wanted to. And, and, and that's where I think the word freedom comes in. I, I think that's the word that, that freedom comes about because it empowers you. It helps you along the path. It allows you to be on the path, but it also allows you to get to the destiny that you want to. Yeah. And behind my freedom, someone else was working for it. Someone else in my family was working to provide me that space to be able to grow. And I'm so grateful for it. So, yeah, you you you've defined that perfectly. And we're very lucky to uh, to experience the lives we do. But I think we're also lucky to have the perspective where we see all the the uh, you know, the, the world through rose colored glasses. You know, I, I've I think I've seen the world with with cups half full my water here i see this as half full and it's pretty much three quarters empty but i can make it look all the way full if i really want to and um that's a that's a blessing in itself as well just to be able to notify to notice and identify these things um gives a different perspective on life in general yeah and i and i think part of life you know, a large part of life is the perspective we come to it through i, I mean if we see everything dark and black every day that's all you're going to see every day. If you see if there's opportunity in everything you do and you're grateful for everything you get, then there's a whole different life than on the other side. Yeah. I, I, you know, I often find 
I didn't know I was doing this my whole life. And I see my, my dad and mom have done this their whole lives. And um, sometimes just changing a word can change the whole dynamic of a situation. So um, the word challenge, hurdle, anything could be viewed as an opportunity because at the other end of every challenge is usually a really great opportunity. And so um, instead of saying, I have to do something, I get to do something, you know, the choice of wording, I tell my sons, uh, they play soccer a lot. And when they were really young, they would start to say they were nervous. And I would say, you're not nervous. And they would say, I am nervous. And I said, you're not nervous. You're excited. What happens when you get on the field and the ball is kicked off? What do you do? And they say, we play. And I said, right. You're never nervous to play. You're excited to play. And you have to change that in your brain. And when you do, nerves go away. Calm fills your body. The brain takes over in a positive way, not in a worrisome way. And that alone can give you an edge or an advantage over the person you're playing against. Oh, exactly. Because if you're just thinking the fear of somebody coming at you versus the opportunity of doing something well, it's a whole different situation. You know, the Japanese culture, a very ancient culture, has the word crisis. And in that word are two symbols. One is danger and the other one is opportunity. So in that exact word, crisis, comes two parts. Danger, obvious because you're in a crisis situation, but at the same time, the opportunity that comes out of it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's no different than risk and reward, right? I mean, with With risk can come reward. And the more risk you take often is correlated to a higher payoff. Not always, not always, but in in the investment world, it's something that you explain. We often explain it in speed limits. You know, you can can drive on the interstate or the road and uh, there are posted speed limits or expectations that you go within a certain amount. But when you, when you invest or you're putting money away or saving it in some capacity, it's good for you to establish that speed limit and know when it's important to speed up and when it's important to pull back. And so risk and reward, crisis, opportunity and challenge, all are things that go hand in hand. But shifting those words to the positive side makes it a heck of a lot easier to manage. Yeah, I think that that's important. And I, you know, I, one of the people I talked with today was a person on communication and he explained how simple communication based on words and how people construe them and how people fight uh, in various situations and how negotiations can come about just by the fact that you can uh, reframe the situation by using the proper language that's there because the words we use excite emotions, as you properly said, with your children on the field, because they're nervous. They have a certain emotion associated with it, which has a certain behavior associated with it. So those words certainly mean different things to different people. Yeah, it's why self-talk is so important. So it, when, when, when people think about communicating, they often don't think about how they communicate with themselves. I played a a, a PGA um, course a couple of, uh, maybe a year ago, eight months ago. And uh, the person I was supposed to play with didn't show up. And so the golf pro had to play with me. 
and I won't say which course and I won't say who the golf pro was, but um, I'm not very good. And so I didn't have any business being on this course, first of all, but um, I had a really great time. And the golf pro was a really good, phenomenal person to be with. But every time he made a bad shot, I could hear him talking to himself out loud and it was negative. And we got in the cart and I said, you know, the difference between, I said, what is your objective? And he goes, well, I want to be a pro one day. And I said, I bet you that if you just change the way you talk to yourself, you might be a pro a lot quicker than you realize. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, if you're saying the things you say to yourself out loud, I can only imagine what you're saying to yourself inside because we're way harder on the inside than we are on the outside. And so the reality is um, we had a really great conversation. We ended up really connecting. Well, I had a great time because I'd much rather be coaching or consulting in the cart than I would be hitting a golf ball. Um, cause I'm not great at it and I like to be great at everything I try. So, um, but we had a, we had a really, really good conversation, but self-talk is what you do in the airport when they cancel your flight and there's nothing you can do about it, but you have to tell yourself, Scott, there's nothing you could do about it. You can get upset at the airline, but they didn't do it on purpose. You can get upset at the people standing here telling you, but that's ridiculous. You know, you're looking for something to get upset about. And all you're really upset is that you're not getting home on time. So it just, it can, it can do so many things, whether it's confidence or getting you through a tough situation or just helping you to have empathy. Um, I think communication goes far. Communication goes that way. It also depends on how you look at a situation. I remember I was on a flight coming from New York to Toronto and unfortunately there were storms. And so uh, Toronto's flight was delayed drastically. And of course the flight didn't take off that night. So I didn't get out till the next morning. So of course everybody was devastated. All the 300 people on the flight and they all had to go home to their families and their businesses and whatnot. But you know, we were able because it was a weather problem that they put us up in a hotel the next morning, went back to the gate where I was supposed to be. And there was a Portuguese quartet that put on the most amazing, uh, the most amazing performance that I've ever seen. They were going to be playing for the embassy. So they had this wonderful routine and this energy and everything else. So as a result of me being delayed, it turned out to be one of the best events that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's like taking a pause. So I'm a sprinter. I've always been a sprinter. I run fast. I move fast. I talk fast. I have high energy. Um, I, I like that pace, but what you described was a forced pause, a moment in life that was forced. And because it was forced and unplanned, you really had nowhere else to be. So your eyes and your ears were not thinking about only getting home. They were actually open to a completely different experience. How many times have we walked past that Portuguese band and missed the music because we were so fast in life, right? And so I always, um, I, I actually start my days off very, very slow in the mornings where I read a little bit of scripture. I do some meditation. I have a cup of coffee. And, um, you know, that's different from how I used to do it, where I was checking email immediately. I was automatically responding to things. I was starting to work. And what I found is if I eased my way into the day, I was open 
to more opportunity. And I was more in tune with the present state of being at home in the morning versus going straight to work and, you know, all those things. But I love those stories when you're forced to pause because I've gotten some of my best stories out of those forced pauses. Yeah. And I think forced pauses are, are, are maybe given to us as a gift and, and we have to really look at us as gifts rather than anything else, because I think we're too busy wound up in our daily lives uh, just doing too much. Yeah. Scott, time is flying by in the show already, and we're close to the end. And this show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. So I'm going to ask you a pointed question. You, Scott Danner, how do you live a fantastic life? You know, I think that I am, uh, I'm living a fantastic life by, by living in general. It starts with, uh, I just know how blessed I am. I'm very grateful every day. And I think when you start your day with, with blessing and gratitude, you, you could see the beauty in just about any situation. Um, I also work hard and I work hard at our, at my business. I work hard at being a father. I work hard at being a husband. And I think hard work often builds great resilience and results. And so um, I just, and, and what does that do? It just gives you more gratitude. So, you know, I think when, when, when you ask living a fantastic life, I love the title of it. I love uh, what you're doing. It's the question I always ask, you know, what does freedom mean to you? And it goes back to that initial conversation. And, and the truth is to me, it's waking up every day, being grateful that I'm alive, doing what I do best every day and doing it with the people I love the most. That's a pretty great day. And that's a pretty fantastic life. That's a wonderful answer. And I thank you for that. So Scott, how can people get in touch with you and your company if they'd like to? Yeah. So I think the first thing is I released a book called Freedom Street and it's on Amazon and every major uh, outlet that, that they can buy. And, and I'd love to have people read it and, and uh, tell us what they think. Um, scottdanner.com is the easiest place to find me because it's my name and my name is on the show. Um, and, uh, and our company's name for the financial stuff is the freedom is freedom street partners. And so all that can be found through Scott Danner and through a simple Google search. But, um, if you like what I talk about, one of the things that I'm starting is a YouTube channel just recently, and we, we've just kicked it off. And when you're starting, you need all the help you can get and algorithms, because if you're, you could have the best video in the world, but it's not getting out to anybody. Nobody knows it's, it's a great video. So we're, we're taking subjects just like this and talking through them. Resilience, uh, family, morning routines, a fantastic life, you name it. And, uh, and they can find me on YouTube at Scott Danner. So I really, really appreciate you giving me the platform and, and uh, having this conversation. It's been a joy. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, sir, for being here. It was my pleasure as well. Well, I look forward to having a conversation again in the future. It's uh, definitely been wonderful. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic day.